0: Welcome to conversations about life. But well, thanks, Jerry. Um, so you were raised in a uh, Jewish household, and you said it was just like a nominal Jewish household. Um,
1: what was that like? How often did you go to synagogue? Oh we're jumping to that right away, okay. <laughs> yeah, my family is is Jewish. Um, we were conservative Jewish, know you know there's like three different tiers of, of Judaism, which you know my, my mother kept kosher house and things like that. Um, but in a lot of ways, now that I look back at it, I, I consider ourselves almost like uh, uh, Christmas Easter Christians, you know we were the we went on high holidays, mostly, because my, my parents worked a lot, so I'll, I'll give them that. that. We, they worked a lot to make ends meet, so it seemed like the only time we were able to make it to synagogue was Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, the, the Jewish high holidays, which would be equivalent to people just going to Christmas and Easter services. Hmm. Um, so
0: in your home, did you all have, did you pray together and things like that?
1: Not no, not really. And again, um, we would say the prayers at Passover. You know, we would have Seder services and things like that. But on a day-to-day, no, not really. Okay. Not really.
0: Were your grandparents, aunts and uncles, and everyone like that uh, Jewish as well?
1: Well, I never knew my grandparents. Okay. Um, my, yes, my aunts, Every the whole family, everyone was, was, was Jewish. My aunts, my uncles. There was no interfaith marriages or things like that, yeah. So... It was a very, back, I grew up in University City, <clears throat> I should say it this way or not, but its nickname was Jew City. It was a very predominant Jewish population, so a lot of the, my friends and people I went to school with and things were predominantly Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, I joke, uh, there was a, one of my good friends who lived across the street uh, was Catholic, and we called him the token Catholic on the block. But, yeah, it was a predominantly Jewish environment. Um, did you go to Jewish school? I went to Hebrew school, yes. Oh, did you? Uh, okay. Yes, which was, again, probably equivalent to, I went to public school, but I went to Hebrew school, would probably be equivalent to kids going to PSR classes now. Oh. Um, the only thing I did not do was I was not bar mitzvah. I mean, I studied up till I was 13 years old. My dad had some health issues and that sort of, Became the out for not being bar mitzvah. We just, just too many other distractions to worry about that. So the health, so I never was bar mitzvah, even though I was, I consider myself a pretty good student and, you know, of Hebrew school and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? I did. Yes, I do. They are both passed away. I have two older brothers that are both passed away. Okay. Um, my middle brother and his family is still. Jewish. they are reformed Jewish my oldest brother though fell away from and he was nothing okay. when he you know when he left the house and he was not married so you know, he was on his own but so he was not he was not very religious
0: okay so what did you think about Jesus as a Jewish person
1: what or what what,
0: you know, what did you <clears throat> think about Jesus
1: that's a tough one we didn't really think about yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I was telling you about the, the the young man that lived across the street was a token Catholic, and he came over one day. He went to a Catholic grade school, and he came over one day and and uh, told my mom that he learned at school that day that the Jews killed Jesus, and that that went over like ham at a rabbi's convention. No, so we didn't really think that much about it. it we sort of I think like a lot of people we thought maybe he was a a nice teacher, a nice prophet. I'm not even sure we'd call him a prophet. Just, just, the, just individual that, that a lot of people believed in, but not us.
0: Okay. So, um, okay, so you didn't have like a real negative, like hate for him. Or oh something no, no, like no, that. no, 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 right. no. But we, it was very neutral. Neutral, yeah. Did you, um, as a Jewish person, did you read your scriptures? I guess you did some for school. Um, were they important to you?
1: Or? You know, the thing about um, going to, a lot of things were in Hebrew and things like that. It would be like, almost like, again, I'm going to keep using analogies. Uh, it's almost like people that pre-Vatican II, that everything was in Latin. Mm-hmm. You said the prayers. You sort of kind of knew what you were saying, but you you really didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was a lot of it that, you know... Probably the, the, the only the thing that sticks the most in my mind is the Shema. You know, "Hear O Israel, the Lord is God. The Lord is One." That that, that seems like over the years it's really stuck to me. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, but no, again, it's not like um, like now where I'm doing my daily readings or things like that. that I, you mm-hmm. know, I, that was not the way it was when I was growing up. Yeah. So,
0: did you were you familiar with Jesus's death and resurrection, like the, the, the story of that, and did you have any idea about like the significance of it or what that meant or anything?
1: No, honestly, I, I, no.
0: Okay. No, sorry, I, I didn't. Okay. Um, but did you know that he died in, on a cross and was resurrected? Did right. You, I didn't know
1: that. I knew the story.
0: You knew the story, but just not the meaning of it or right. why it was important. Right, or the
1: significance. Right.
0: No. Well, how old were you when, well, how did your conversion occur? How old were you uh, and <clears throat> just what happened?
1: Okay, well, let me let me back it up a bit. Um, okay. Mary and I have been married for 44 years, and we moved into St. Simon's, our current parish, St. Simon's the Apostle Church, probably 42 years ago. And what really sucked me in or attracted me, though, was the community aspect of of that, you know, I, they the, the men and the women of Saint Simon were like welcoming this young little Jewish boy. They kept inviting me to things, to participate in the school picnic and and uh, potluck dinners and coaching teams. And so, so because you were a neighbor, and like they,
0: did they knock on your door? Did you just get flyers or mail or?
1: No, I mean the neighbors. You know, we we, okay. we we got to meet the neighbors and you know, hey, come on, you know, this weekend's the school picnic. Why don't you come up and, you know, join us and so for the so the first years. And let me back it up a two. When Mary when we were first married, Mary, my wife is faithful Catholic. She's a cradle Catholic and okay. I would go she would go to church every Sunday. Once in a blue moon I would go with her and sit in and, and take it in but not really participate and then we moved to simon's and we got involved with the community and even then i still would not get involved with the religious aspect again i might go with her and sit you know and especially after our kids were born but not participate and that just over time I, you know i saw what she had i saw uh, what others had um the community aspect and that just sort of little by little the the the, the Rocks were chiseled away, and back in the late 80s, uh, our school was getting computers. And I, I'm an IT person. I was helping our some of our teachers and stuff with uh, get, setting up computers. And it was one night I was sitting with Sister Stella, who was the school librarian, and I was helping her set up her computer. And it just like hit me. And I sort of turned to her. and I said, "I'm ready. I'm ready." I was like, I don't know what it was. I can't honestly tell you what it was. But I just, I just turned to her and said, I'm ready. And shortly after that, I went to our pastor and joined the RCIA program. And in uh, 1988, I was baptized and confirmed. And even then, you know, I'm, it, was hard, it was hard as a Jewish boy to say, I believe in Jesus Christ. And I, I said that to Father Aaron's, And he's like, just, just say the words and it'll be true. And it's, again, it's like my my heart was softened, you know, hmm. and it happened. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and it became true. Hmm. So that was like 12 years into our marriage. So, again, my wife never pestered me, never nagged me. She was very patient. She set an example. Mm-hmm. And, again, just after 12 years, it's like, I'm ready.
0: What was her um, spiritual life like? Uh, like, was she... Into reading the Bible and praying and stuff like that, or
1: yes, yeah. She, okay. like I said, she's a cradle Catholic and she's very devout. She's even to, even today she's very devout. She does, you know, she belongs to Bible studies and we do various retreats together. And I, I can tell you a little story about her too. But um, yeah, so she is very devout. Perfect. side story. She got into the charismatic movement early on. Mm-hmm and she tried dragging me to one of those (laughs) and it was out of Queenie Park and I remember like who are these crazy people that you know raising their hands and singing and I literally sat at the top row of Queenie Park to be away from these crazy charismatic people. And now I am one. <laughs> so you're part of the charismatic movement. I, I consider myself charismatic. We we went to some of the charismatic movements, but but in terms of you know our involvement, in terms of not uh, being free, raising my hands, using song as prayer, yes, that's all.
0: I was talking with a lady who um, she's Catholic and she um, got involved with like charismatic movement and stuff. She went to some kind of a retreat it was like a week-long thing or several days and um the whole point was uh for her to receive the holy spirit or to be baptized in the holy spirit or something along those lines and the first few days was just a really like a lot of teaching about sin hmm. and um and then they um all prayed over her you know and um and a lot of them would speak in tongues mm-hmm. and um she never. She said she never. Um, she didn't wasn't didn't get the gift of speaking in tongues, but um, something happened at that point. You know, like her, her relationship with Jesus became personal, and also um, her understanding of the Bible. She, um, just kind of came alive at that point where she could just read through the New Testament, and it just made sense to her. And whereas before it wasn't like that so much. Mm-hmm. So was your experience like that,
1: or with the charismatic movement, or...? Not, again, yeah, there's many people have many gifts. So speaking in tongues is, there's only certain people that I know that can speak in tongues. Actually, my wife is one of those, but no, I've never received that gift. I have been slayed in the Spirit. I can't say that, you know, I've gone, to, I've gone to various retreats and things like that where maybe that I've always... Something that I didn't know before is now better or changed, that, that I was aware of, like the example you use of the lady. Mm-hmm. So, no, I can't say that. Okay. Um, about the retreat, I mean, about what, what, you know, a lot of these retreats that we've been involved with are based on the, the passion of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that usually the first day is, the first part of the retreat is a, a die day. You must die to yourself, you know, and then to rise as Jesus rose and then to go. And so I think, you know, that die day, like you're talking about this lady, the first several days, you know, mm-hmm. you have to die. You know, uh, that's something I have learned. You, you need to die to yourself. You need to die to your sins, but then to to truly be able to rise and then to go as, as, our, as our Lord did, you know. During his passion so, um,
0: so um, like I had kind of like a conversion experience like I grew up in a in a Protestant church, but really religious, but it didn't mean anything to me mm-hmm. but um, and as a young fellow around nine or so, I did like a lot of things to try to make sure my soul was in good shape, going to heaven, not to hell, and so forth. (laughs) So I got baptized. I responded to an altar call. I tried to pray, uh, you know, receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, just those types of things. But all to um, no avail, you know, it just felt like uh, it didn't mean anything to me. So then I went on throughout my teenage years and um, just grew every time there was an opportunity to sin, I just stumbled right into it, grew rebellious and hateful. And uh, when I was around 18, um, just in a low point of my life, um, I, uh, you know, it just kind of hit me what a morally disgusting person I was. And I asked God to um, save me, but it was more like, you know, save me from what I've become, what myself, you know. And at that point, I wasn't expecting anything, but I remember like a, just a load of guilt lifted from me and it was like I knew I'd been forgiven and there was a change. And, um, my, you know, I did have a desire for the Bible, church, things like that. And I kind of think of, you know, what was the difference? Um, early in my life, it was like, well, I just want to make sure I escape hell, you know? <laughs> but later it was like, I had, I had a knowledge of sin. Like I knew, Um, I needed to be saved because of who I was and what I had become and so forth um so is that something like have you had a? is that something that similar at any point in your um your path here
1: no sir I can't say that um I mean again growing up I would I still always had a strong belief in God Mm -hmm. you know um now, I don't want to I don't want to offend any of my Jewish brethren, but this is my my opinion, and not, this may not be the, the the right Jewish teaching. But again, when I was growing up, to me, God was the judge. Mm-hmm. He was the God of Yom Kippur, who shall live and who shall die. You know, and so he was he was the God of the Old Testament. Even though even in the Old Testament God shows us his love and his care for his people, mm-hmm. I just remember the parts that said. You know, I'm going to hail, I'm going to throw, you know, fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, kind of thing. So I had a deep respect for God, and growing up I had, a, a you know, a belief in God. And even in my later years, even when I was falling away from Judaism, I still had a strong belief in our Lord. And I remember... My wife used to live. My wife lived in Afton, and I lived in New City, and we were dating. And I just remember those rides home, and back and forth. It was like God was in the passenger seat, and I was having conversations with him. God, I love this woman. Don't let me blow it. So I was held with that strong belief that God was going to take care of me, you know, kind of hmm. thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, what were some of the biggest changes that you experienced in your life as a result of your conversion. So was your, um, conversion like, a was it like a dramatic spiritual thing, like a heart change or was it just, you were kind of already in and it's like, I'm just going in all the way type of thing.
1: The latter. Okay. I was in and all in all the way, but it's, it's been a blessing to me you know, that has been, um, Again, as I mentioned a minute ago, my old days, God was the God of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And now God is the God of the New Testament. He is Jesus. He is love and sometimes tough love. I'm not going to say, you know, everything's unicorns and, you know, (laughs) Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. You know, he he loves me. I've learned to be loved. I've learned to be uh, forgiven for all the stupid things I've done in my life. Uh, but he is that Lord that's you know gonna take me where I need to be, you know, mm-hmm. follow His will kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a, it was, I was in, but I'm now I'm more in, you know, kind of right. thing. Um, so are you into the Bible now? I'm into daily readings. I'm not. I'm not really like you know one that's like. Read the Bible in 99 days, kind right. of thing. But each morning, you know, I'm going through various daily readings. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, pick up things. But I'm not like some folks that just read the whole Bible. Right. Uh, you know, it's more it's more focused on what is going on right now, what is going on, and what's what's at Mass this week or today, uh, kind of things. What are the Gospels, and what are they telling me? What do I need to chew on? What what you know? What is this gospel reading? Telling me today on what, what I should take away from and what I should learn, mm-hmm. kind of thing.
0: If you were to put, um, like, the Christian message in a, a nutshell or something like that, how how would you <laughs>
1: would you put it? <laughs> Christian message in a nutshell. Uh, I'm going to go back to that love. I'm going to go back to we are children of God. We are loved. We are forgiven. We need to take care of each other. You know, the, the two commandments, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor likewise. You know, that's, that's, that's I guess, where I would go with that, if, on that question.
0: Okay. So, um, so, how would you explain, like, the significance of Jesus' death and his resurrection now, like, as far as what it... <laughs>
1: you hit me with some tough ones today. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm pausing here for a second. It's yeah, okay. You know, as I mentioned, the, that, that is the... His passion is our example that he, you know, like, he, just as he died, we must die to ourselves. Um, to rise, we need to, you know rise as he did and then we need to go out as he did and, and be disciples and be missionaries uh, sorry I'm, I'm having a tough one with that one oh, that's okay
0: so, um, so you see it as kind of like an example and I think that uh, that's a legitimate way to look at it because he um, um, he said you know take up your cross and follow me so, you know, we're to follow him and, um, but, um, like I, I think of it as, um, something for us too. You know, like it was, a, he, uh, laid his life down as a sacrifice and, um, there's different ways to think of that. Like one way is like, um, we, we're, we, humanity has this guilt. Me and you have this guilt that needs to be, um, paid for. And um, the payment is death, and he stepped in and sacrifice and took it for us. Right. And then um, another way that sometimes people look at it, it's kind of like a ransom. Um, I get that. I guess that would be like C.S. Lewis in The Lord, uh, line the Witch in the Wardrobe story. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whereas um, the character Edmund, he rebelled, and he belonged to the witch or to Satan, you know, and it's like... Um, um, an Aslan you know the Christ figure um, ransom purchases him back or something along those lines
1: no I agree with your your your, your first example yes you know yeah. Christ died on the cross for us our sins are all there you know uh, the, the, the sins of Adam and Eve you know are all taken away you know for all mankind those, those kinds of things yes yeah so as a Catholic, besides original sin,
0: do you, do you guys believe that um, like your personal sins, the sins that you commit, are um, borne by Jesus also when he died on the cross?
1: Yes, but we also believe in reconciliation, the sacrament of reconciliation. We still need to, to go and, and ask Christ. We need to verbalize. You know some of those sins, and and ask right. the Lord through the through the priest to to forgive us. So Recon- sacrament of reconciliation is one of the key aspects of, of of the Catholic Church.
0: Right. Yeah. And when he says you're forgiven, it's um it's not like he's just saying, well oh, you're free. He's he's doing it based on Jesus' sacrifice that he died for your sins. So when yeah something along those lines. And when I
1: go to, you know, to me, when I'm sitting across from that priest, that is not Father so-and-so. That is Jesus who is forgiving my sins, you know, absolving me of my sins. Right.
0: Hmm. What gives you, um, what gives you confidence in the Christian faith? That, um, is there anything that um, helps you to feel like or gives you confidence that you're in the the right religion
1: in the right religion how about that i'm i'm the faith that i'm in religion period i mean there are all christian jewish muslim brothers and sisters who you know have believe in the lord you know that they, they have filled the, that hole in their heart with the right things with with the lord you know so not just the Catholic faith, you know. I believe, I believe all those that, that believe in the Lord are along the right path. The confidence. One thing I didn't mention to you, you know. I mean, well, I mentioned community is that what dragged that, that attracted me to the to the church. And I belong to a retreat called Acts And through that, I've met some wonderful men and women who have like faith. Like strengths that have blessed me, and to be surrounded by these men and women, you know, and to see their see their their love and their enthusiasm, um, that gives me great confidence. You know, to 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 see the the beauty through these men and women, that the beauty they have, you know, in the love of our Lord. So, right. So, so how
0: other people have been shaped by the Christian faith gives you confidence that there's reality underneath all of this. Yes. So, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Can I mention something else too? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, back in 1999, I want to talk about my wife for 10 seconds or, sure. or 30 seconds. Mary, this is for you for 30 seconds. <laughs> take all the time you want. Back in 1999, yeah. when the Holy Father, John Paul II, came to St. Louis, Mary and I took a bunch of our teens to the youth rally and in the youth rally uh, the Holy Father had us adults stand up and he said, I want you to go back to your parishes and I want you to start youth ministry not youth groups, not social groups, youth ministries. And my wife took it to heart. She came back to St. Simons and started youth ministry at our parish and for the last 21 years she and I have been involved with Youth ministry. Now, our daughter, right? Shmary was the original youth minister, and our daughter is now the youth minister, which I'm, I'm very proud of her. So we've been passionate working with our teens, you know, uh, seventh, eighth, high school age kids, and that's another thing to, you know, you talk about confidence. Just, you know, to just plant that seed, you know, maybe it doesn't always stick when they go back way to college. But to be able to work with those teens and see their innocence and their love and their enthusiasm for our Lord, that's another thing that gives me great confidence and great hope, Mm -hmm. you know, in in our church, that these teens someday will, you know, maybe they'll fall away in college, maybe not, but they will come back because the seed has been planted, what their parents planted, what the church has planted, and what hopefully our youth ministry program has planted in their hearts. So yeah. Okay, so why I'm a Protestant. Uh-huh.
0: Why Roman Catholic? I can, I guess it makes sense kind of that your wife was Roman Catholic and that you know brought you right in. So that's really neat how you were converted, but um I guess um, So anyway, any any other thoughts about why Roman Catholic rather than <laughs> Lutheran? Uh, Anglican or just whatever. You well, I
1: know. can honestly, say, I have not really been exposed to yeah. other religions, but I do know what I do have through the Catholic Church is the. And I'm not sure if it's. I, and again, I don't want to be offending anybody. Hmm. I have the real presence of Christ, the real body and blood of Christ. You know, um, through the sacraments, uh, I have Mary as, as an intercessor, as a queen of the church. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if you know. I don't know the differences between all the other faiths, but mm-hmm. those things are some of the anchors that I love.
0: Okay, so those are some of the things that's meaningful to you. That's kind of unique for for Roman Catholics compared to Protestants. I assume.
1: Again, I don't are. know. I can't I, honestly speak. We we went to a, a, a Hillsong concert way out at the. At, at, uh, Westport Plaza or whatever it's called out there and they had communion in like little <laughs> cups like yeah,
0: little shot glasses little sh-
1: you know, I even sh- yeah, like the thing we have for your cream right like that took me back I, I don't know if that's what happens that it really happens at church that wasn't the real present that was like being passed out by you know like, right. like jello shots right pardon me if I'm offending anybody <laughs>
0: right yeah um So, yeah, so Protestants, they see uh, communion as like um, a memorial, like a remembrance type of thing. Jesus, um, he said, um, you know, at the Passover meal, he took something that Jewish people had been doing for years and years, you know, uh, to um, celebrate how God brought them out of Egypt, you know, and he said, now this is... You know, you thought it was back then, but this is my body and this mm-hmm. is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So, um, from that verse, the, you know, that passage, I kind of think, yeah, we do this in remembrance of him. And then, in in that sense, you can see, well, however you might do it, you know, you're, it's about remembering him.
1: Yes. But, um, yeah, but I, you know, but he didn't say. This is a symbol, a representation of my body. This is my body. And, you know, that offended some people, of his disciples, that walked away. No, I can't yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, you know, you're I... thinking of uh, John chapter 6 where he, yeah, it's like really strong language. You know, my body is real uh, food and my, you know, it's like, it, yeah, that part of, it's, yeah. So that's kind of, I can see the point, you know. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, like, um, I can kind of see, um, it makes a little bit more sense now, um, like praying to Mary or praying to the saints in the sense that, um, that, uh, you know, we, um... We might, uh, like I'm, I might pray to God mm-hmm. for something. I got this need or burden or whatever, and I might ask you or someone else, say, would you pray for me? Mm-hmm. And that that's a common thing. So this is just like one step beyond that, saying um, someone who's already passed on, saying, hey, would you pray for me also? It's not like you're treating them as God, saying, would you do this for me? But it's more like, I'm praying, would you pray along with me or something like that? Is that kinda of how you see yes, yes. intercession? Yeah,
1: Mary Mary is we don't pray to Mary as a god or to mm-hmm. the saints. We right. ask for their prayers and their intercessions. Right. Mary, pray for us. Right. You know?
0: And uh, and then Hebrews chapter eleven it does speak about how we're surrounded by a, a cloud of witnesses and I think it's referring to those who have gone on. So it does seem like there's Maybe some connections. So it makes a little bit more sense to me than it used to about praying to, you know, people other than God. Um, So, um, what, some of the things that's, um, a little harder for me as a Protestant to, to accept are things like, um, the immaculate conception that there's someone besides Jesus who, um, sinless, you know, um, because, um, from scripture, you know, it, it seems like we're all in it together. We're all fallen. We're all sinful. Um, and we all need a savior. I know Catholics um, are not saying Mary doesn't need to be saved, but, um, anyway, that's all kind of
1: yeah, confusing. Uh, but. it is it is confusing, you know, um, Indeed. That you're right, I guess you just go by faith, you know, I I have no example, no exact data that Mary was sinless, but I, you know, but in order for Jesus to come and, you know, be born, it's long for Mary to be the Ark of the Covenant, she had, you know, I guess she had to be ready to accept that, you know, God in his human, human form and I guess that was God's plan is to to make her sinless, to make her perfect, to make her pure, to to accept Jesus as, you know, as a baby. Okay. It's just you go by faith. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what the Lord had his his ways are so much higher than ours, his thoughts are so much higher. It's you know, you sometimes you just gotta accept that's what the Lord had planned, you know, and mm-hmm. don't don't try and put scientific judgment to it. Right. And that's how I would treat
0: like um, the virgin birth. Like that doesn't make sense in like a scientific way, but um, you know that's what the scriptures say. So that's kind of like a, so that's a matter of faith, as saying um, the scriptures telling me what Christianity is all about, rather than what makes sense to me. Otherwise, if it was just about what I thought, then. I probably shouldn't call it Christianity. I'd call it something, you know, Will's religion or something like that. <laughs> but um, I guess a, a difference between uh, Roman Catholics and Protestants is like you're accepting it by faith because tradition and the the church is teaching it, and we're we're kind of uh, solely, you know, what is the the Bible, you know, uh, teaching. Um,
1: but what the okay what did the Bible in the Old Testament say what did like some of the prophets say about the virgin or that you know wasn't there, there were, wasn't there some um, predictions that he would be born of a virgin right you know yeah. I, I, can, I can't quote it as well as you can but
0: right yeah well yeah Matthew he refers back to Isaiah you know about uh, and there's a mention there of like uh, a virgin birth but, um, but you know, there's not the immaculate conception. So that's kind of coming more from church uh, tradition that kind of have developed and so forth. Um, one thing that's kind of caught my attention lately is like how Catholics and even like Lutherans, how they think about the Eucharist um, has a lot more... Um, You know, goes back throughout church history a lot it seems to a lot more than um, how Protestants or how I think about the Eucharist as a memorial type of thing Um, that it seems like this is a little more of a recent thing since the Reformation that it's a memorial service you know to remember Jesus' death Um, but um, you know, before that, going back for hundreds of years to, like, very early, um, it seems to have had more significance than that, you know, which is kind of more of, like, you guys and Lutherans and so forth, perhaps. So, anyway. Okay. How, it, how do the Lutherans? They see it. Um, they So, you all have, like, transubstantiation, like it... Literally becomes the body. the body and blood of Jesus. Right. Lutherans they don't say it physically changes, but they say they have a, and they have a different word, constant uh, something like that. They say it's you're taking the body and blood of Jesus, and um, it's not like it's literally changing or anything, but it's still the body and blood of Jesus that you're taking in, and. Um, and they and they see it as like receiving grace, um, so um, like the Protestant tradition I'm a, um, a part of, we wouldn't we wouldn't see it as like you're receiving something except just through the spiritual experience of it of, of remembering what Jesus has done for us, and um, but Lutherans would say like through baptism and through. Um, taking the Lord's Supper or communion, like you're receiving something from God, whether you know it or not, by just the act of doing it. So, um, anyway.
1: okay, Okay.
0: And that's kind of how you all take it, right? Right. Right. Um, Any um, stereotypes that Catholics have about Protestants or vice versa that you'd like to talk
1: about? I guess off the top of my head, I guess I think about, um, and this is something with the Catholic. I, we, you know, maybe we're weak. The Catholic Church might be weak, or some of us in the Catholic Church are weak. How's that? You know, you guys know the Bible, uh, I think, I assume that you all, you know, you are quite fluent in the Bible.
0: You mean Protestants in general?
1: Yes. Yeah. And even other religions. Yeah. You know, we're Catholics. You know, again, we focus more on the Gospels or the, you know, the daily readings. But I don't, you know, I don't know how many people really truly have read the whole Bible. You know, ninety-nine days of the Bible kind of thing, right? And you guys can quote it. Uh, or again, are not you guys? Other people can quote it. Um, I guess that would be the stereotype. Uh, and I don't know if this is true or not. You, know, I've heard sometimes where people say. If it's not in the Bible, it's it's not true, you know. And, and of course, sometimes the comeback is, well, I, I guess from the Catholic Church, it's not just the Bible; it's the Bible and the and the um, and the um, traditions, you know, and and the word, you know, sort of not just the Bible isolated by itself. I guess. And I hope I'm saying this right. You know what I'm saying? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That so I don't know if that
1: stereotype is true that you know, folk, other folks just are very, very Bible focused, right? And I guess it kind of makes sense
0: because the Reformation, one of you know, one of the points was sola scriptoria, like Bible alone. You know, <laughs> if it's not found there, then uh, we're just going to reject it. So I guess it makes sense that our tradition would um, have a lot of emphasis on studying the Bible and so forth and um, yeah and, uh, I think that Protestants kind of have a have a stereotype um, it's probably not true uh, all the time well it's definitely not true the way they put it sometimes it's put like Catholics are discouraged from reading their Bible and finding out things themselves and stuff um, which I I don't think is true um, but because um, you all seem to be more structured mm-hmm. with the daily readings and the church calendar and stuff and, um, and church tradition, that it does make sense that it's not just the Bible, and it's, uh, but it's these other things that are informing your, your faith and, and so forth. Um, I have met you know, Catholic people who were into the Bible, really. And, you know,
1: now, and up and, stuff. and you know, now that I'm older, I think I, you know, I think I would have a greater appreciation for the Old Testament if I were to to go back and reread the Old Testament, because there are so many things that set the pace or set the direction for the New Testament. You know, there's so many prophecies and so many things that happened in in the Old Testament times that set the stage, that why did this happen, you know, why did Jesus act that way, or why did Jesus talk about, you know, certain things that, you know, that that were really laid out in the Old Testament, or, you know, I think I, as I'm older now, I think I maybe it's the time for me to go back and truly read and truly understand again, and get that connection between the two, you know. Right. Yeah. And the Gospel writers really
0: emphasize emphasize that like um, especially Matthew um, he's constantly saying this fulfills whatever this fulfills whatever you know in in the Old Testament Um, so um, so where where would you like to head in your um, Christian faith is there anything um, like your striving for or you're wanting to grow in as far as all this goes
1: I personally like to grow in or what I would like to focus on from here on out so, yeah yeah. Both. I'm going to go the ladder. okay because you know I said I, I've been given a gift 30 something years ago and it's a, it's a gift I, I try not to take uh For granted, my baptism, my confirmation—you know, not being a cradle Catholic—I think I come at it different than some of my brethren. Mm -hmm. And I see the church hurting. I see people falling away from the Catholic Church, and. I'd like to hopefully we can do something to, and, and, and also, you know, again, maybe this is not true, but I feel sometimes that we Catholics are not as good as evangelization as other religions are. And I'd like to try and maybe get some focus there. What I can do to help grow our church, help grow our parish how can I evangelize? You know, the Lord told us to go out and be disciples and missionaries to go learn and to share. Mm -hmm. I've got to, and I don't have the answer yet. I've got to find ways to do that, but I think that's where my heart is. And I think I'm doing that a little bit through youth ministry, but now I need to do it more with some of the adults, my wife and I, to find ways to build our church, find ways to get past the hurts that, we've had in the church and, and, and re, you know, get it back on its feet. You know, uh, you know we've gone through some problems. Mm-hmm. They were not good, and we just got to, instead of running away from them, we've got to stand our ground and fix them. And hopefully I can do something small to fix them and to rebuild the church. Mm-hmm. That's where I would like to go.
0: Hmm. So, um, what would that... Would that look like, um, like you're, let's say you're encountering people, you're getting to know people who are not a part of the Christian faith, and um, so would that be like telling them, uh, you know, bringing them in through that relationship with them, and, um, and, um, like, what, is that kind of what you're talking about, like?
1: Yes, not just people that are not Christian, but even people that are Catholic that okay. have fallen away. I you see. Know, right. Um, to evangelize them, and not, and, and only evangelize them through maybe my story. You know, I can't go and, you know, well, here's what you ought to do. You know, the church, I, I can't make you change. Mm-hmm. I can share you share my story with you, how I've been gifted, and maybe that'll touch your heart. You know, mm-hmm. uh, meet you, trying to meet you where you are. You know, and, you know not just you personally but you know me try to right. meet people where they are understand their story share my story and hopefully touch their heart that they'd be just like I was 30 something years ago what is it my wife has that I want mm-hmm. oh she, she is beautiful in her faith I want that too
0: hmm. yeah hmm. so um if you were to Share with them the most satisfying part of your faith or what the most important thing to you about it was,
1: you know, what would you tell them? Definitely at one point, like I said, I mentioned I had a, a strong belief in God, but I always thought there was a hole in my heart. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes you try and fill that hole with wrong things. But mm-hmm. the minute I filled it with our Lord, Hmm. Again, it, that was the right thing. That was, hmm. you know, my heart is getting better. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect yet. It's getting better. I am surrounded by some godly men and women. I have people that, you know, that, that they're showing me, they're helping me on my faith journey. Um, sorry, I forgot the question <laughs> for a second.
0: But well, like, um, yeah, what you would, um, what special, if you were, to share you know, yes, okay. what's special to you about your Christian faith like what what would you tell them about
1: that I am loved yeah. that I do have the Lord in my heart that I do recognize Jesus as my Lord and my Savior there's no all these other things are just surfacing material things the right thing is is having God direct me my prayer life is better you know uh, those things have just Ground in me, mm-hmm. you know, filled my heart. Right. right.
0: Well, thanks, Jerry. I appreciate the time
1: talking with you. It's really good. Thanks. Well, again, I was I was nervous it's like I thought you were going to ask me some. Well, you asked me some deep questions. I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to answer. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed this. Thank you for inviting me. If you use a podcast
0: app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.